Hello, welcome to another Postcards from Antioch, a teaching and discipleship podcast. Ooh, yeah, discipleship that makes it sound well. Yeah, listen, don't get me started. All right, I'm going to save my rants for when you're in mid flow. Mm, this is a podcast where we are hoping to teach others, which is a form of discipleship. Thank you for a mission. If you that really to me. want me to to get. This is supposed to be. We've got Nicole with us today. No, let's just scrap that. Let's, yeah, let's just no, talk about that. I, I don't want to steal Nicole's thunder because today we're we're doing an overview of the Old Testament. We're We've already um, recorded an overview of the New Testament. Mm. I don't know which order you guys are listening to them in, but today we are looking at the Old Testament with Nicole. So, mm. hello, Nicole. Hello, hello. Thank you. How are you today? I'm all right. I think I'm Good. I'm okay. It's a bit hot. It's it very is hot, hot here. but that's better than we've had such a cold summer so far. Yeah, I suppose so. Talking about the weather. So British. What a great introduction. Mm. So, Do you know where else it was you, hot? Could you, yeah, great. <laughs> in the Old Testament. That's it was hot fantastic. in the Old Testament. What a, what a segue. What a segue. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so we're looking at the Old Testament today. Um, I thought I would start off just by putting you slightly on the spot, James, and saying, can you, well, firstly, can you name all of the books in the Old Testament? Do you know them in order? You're looking... uh, no, you no. know, and you know I don't, Nicole. I do know you don't. I know you go Genesis. That's right. It starts with Genesis. Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exodus. Mm. Leviticus. Leviticus. Numbers. Deuteronomy. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna yeah. take the whole time to go no, through that, them. Okay, so yeah. let's just say no. Okay, cool. Let's save some time. I, mono- I this is I kind of like to bring this up because this is a slight. I'm quite proud of this. I do know most of them in order, apart from I get. Nahum and Mike are the wrong way around. Okay. Other than that. I can forgive you for that because that's like 50 times better than I could do. What I thought was really interesting though, and because I think this is a good thing to start with, is that your opinion, I believe, is that there's no point knowing them in order. Yeah, it's it's, uh, look, it's a slightly tongue-in-cheek comment, okay? Mm -hmm. But I think um, I think knowing what's in the books is important. Mm -hmm. Memorising Scripture is crucial, I think, to our Christian Excellent. development mm-hmm. and growth. But knowing which order the books necessarily go in, I suppose I don't see that, that as an essential tool in the toolbox. Mm, yeah. So I, I, I totally get that. I think from my point of view, the reason I like knowing the order is because it helps me in terms of remembering what is in them and like the chronology so just uh, yeah you see that's that's good that's a good point yeah see that 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 is why i like it i mean it is partly like a hoo i know the order um <laughs> it's a party trick it's a little party i whack it out at all the parties yeah. i'm so oh, much fun they must be fun <laughs> they must be um, fun they are so i'm just gonna yeah so let's just go through the order of the old testament according to our bibles so you've got the first five books which are the torah the law and also they're also referred to as the and i'm going to butcher this pronunciation but the pentateuch pentateuch Pentateuch. i would say um so yeah genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy and then you've got the rest of the history so joshua judges ruth 1 samuel 2 samuel 1 kings 2 kings 1 chronicles 2 chronicles ezra nehemiah esther Yep. Um, and Very so good so they, far. I, they, I wouldn't know if you were wrong, so. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You're just like, mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've got a rough idea. Like, I've got a rough idea at what point in the Old Testament some of these books some come, are, okay. Yeah, so if I so, throw in, like, Yeah, a, so if you said, like, you know, kings after Psalms or something, you I would say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about that. 
Mm. Okay, good. So right, hopefully then yeah. we'll get the rest of these right. Yes. Um, so then after that, you've got the wisdom literature. So you've got Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. Um, and then after that, you've got the prophets. So you've got the major prophets, um, which is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. And then this is where it's really hard. You've got the 12 minor prophets, which is, I'm going to try to do this without looking at my notes. Um, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Excellent. I assume that's uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Can I should be completely wrong. It's, it's going to um, be close enough. Excellent. So there's all of the books you've got, and, and they are separated in this way. Now, what is interesting is that this is not the same in the Hebrew Bible. Um, so it's the same books, but they are in a different order. And James, do you know what the different order is, or do you know a little bit about that? Yeah, I know a little bit about that. And you did tell me beforehand that, for example, Chronicles <laughs> yeah. is hey, at the end. Steal my fact. Well, at least, I didn't try and, at least I didn't try and claim that I knew it. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, but mm -hmm. yes, I know it's, it's ordered differently. Is it... Uh, and I did actually, you know, I did hear people talking about this on the Bama podcast mm -hmm, recently. Mm -hmm, so yeah. I should have, I should know. But um, you've got, it, so it starts with the tour of the Torah. The Torah of the Law. Mm -hmm. But then so five books, does yeah. it go, does it go, I'm not sure whether it goes prophets or it goes prophets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, because in the, in the New Testament, you hear it referred to as the law and the prophets, for example. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then... <laughs> I'm guessing wisdom literature. Yeah, and then the writings. And then the writings, what, yes. What I think is quite interesting is that they they separate it into the former prophets and the latter prophets. And so books like, um, I think 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, would actually come in as as like the former prophets. Um, and Joshua, like all of those books that we would say are histories, they call the former prophets and then you've got the latter prophets. Um, and then... The writings. And then, so the writings are like the wisdom literature, but it does also include, I think, Esther. It includes Ruth is a, is a writing rather than a prophet or, um, yeah, a history like yeah. in that kind of... They don't worry about so much about the chronology, basically. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then one, one and Two Chronicles is um, the very last book. So in our Bibles, mm. is it in an attempt to be sort of chronological? Yeah, I think so. I think... I think from my understanding, anyway, that's kind of how we've we've grouped that's them. What to, they've aimed for, yeah. yeah. Which personally, I find really really helpful. I like chronology, yeah, a lot. Um, yeah, so that's quite cool. Um, why does it even matter about the Old Testament? We're Christians. Why are we talking about this, James? Like, why? Who cares what it says in the Old Testament? Is that a, that's a genuine question you're uh, asking? Yeah, I'd like me. I'd like I'd like your opinion on it. I think, well. There are, I feel like there are loads of answers to this, mm -hmm. but I'll just pick one to begin with. For me, one of the, the, the most important is this is, well, whenever Jesus talks about Scripture, he's talking about the Old Testament, mm -hmm. what we call the Old Testament. Obviously, to, to Jesus, it wasn't the Old Testament to the modern-day Jewish community. It's not the Old Testament. It is their Scripture. And this is what shaped Jesus when he was growing up. This is what he learned. This is what he under... This is... Um, uh, what shaped his understanding of his father. Uh, so I think it's impossible for us to be Christ-like without immersing ourselves in the Old Testament. Mm. Yeah, That's definitely. One response. Yeah, cool. Another, Great. I think it's always good for us to know where we came from and <laughs> the Old Testament is a part of our story, even though we're mm. Christians. Yeah. So, 
that that's like one of my that's my favorite I think response because I absolutely love the Old Testament. Um, I think it's partly the history of it. I find absolutely fascinating. Um, but it is that the Old Testament is the first part of the story, isn't it? That this grand um, overarching narrative of the Bible that talks about yeah our relationship with God, you know, creation, the fall, and our like how God um, redeems the whole of the world. Um, and if you start at Jesus, you only get the latter half of the story. Like the 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 Hebrew Bible actually makes up most of the Bible, yeah. really. Like if you look at the like actual yeah. I'm making hand gestures like the people at home listening will be able to see it. So Nicole's making a sort of short hand gesture for the New Testament, bigger (laughs) one for the Old Testament, just for, you know, those listening. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, James, doing a little audio commentary as well. Um, Yeah, so I I think it is really important. And you do, you get to see the story of God's relationship with his people. Um, And of course, that starts off being, you know, Abraham and one family and then the Israelites and... um, yeah, and then of course Jesus comes, and then we are ad- we're adopted into that family too. So yeah, I think it is really, really important to look at the Old Testament, and it, it's great. There's so much in it. You've got like history, you've got poetry, you've got prophecy. It's just yeah, it's an absolute dream. So. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. I mean, personally, uh, when I was speaking, Oz and I did a session on communication, and um, I think if you look at the different genres the different styles in the old testament it's exciting because it opens up mm-hmm. i think it gives us permission mm-hmm. to when we're communicating to experiment to explore um all kinds of different genres and styles mm. in our own attempts to communicate to others mm. yeah i think that's really true definitely i think one of the things i like about the old testament is that it's often i mean narrative is is often easier and I don't know, I quite like the fact that you have to kind of work a little bit at it. Like you have to maybe think about it, sit with it a bit more and, yeah. and maybe work harder to in um, apply it, yes. I guess, maybe. It's not, um, it's not comfortable for us, I yeah. guess. Yes, that's very true. Because, and it's not, it's, it's like a foreign, because it's, it's a foreign culture, essentially. Mm, definitely. I mean, uh, uh, though... It was also Jesus's culture and the culture mm. of the the New Testament church, but yes, I think that was the, one of the things I was going to ask you is that mm. to us the Old Testament can seem um, well, it can seem more boring for one thing because of we're aware of books yeah. like Leviticus and Numbers, uh, which seem can seem a bit dry mm. to us, mm-hmm. but also because it's so removed from perhaps. 2000 years of of how the church has been shaped Mm, yeah it can be more of a mystery to us Mm. and harder for us to unlock as you said definitely um but you think we should well we both think we should make the effort but (laughs) yeah it's just me yeah (laughs) don't bother don't Don't read the old testament but um yeah definitely so how can sort of an understanding of an overview of the old testament help with us understanding the message of the Old Testament? I think I would say context is so key. Like, I I think if... I mean, obviously, if you're going to read the histories um, by themselves, I mean, you want to know what's come before and what's come after, or at least I do. I think, again, I have a slight obsession with chronology um, that maybe other people don't share. 
Um, but I do think that is really important. But I mean, if you're reading the wisdom literature or the prophets, like it's so key to know the context, the history, because otherwise you just can't uh, like you can't apply them. You can't work out why they're saying what they're saying. Like, yeah, why they're saying what they're saying. Um, and so I just think that the context is is so key. Um, yeah, and we're saying that, I think maybe we should actually dive in. I have actually, I was planning on literally going through every single book and just kind of giving a brief okay. summary. We might not have time for no. that. You might have to start waving at me if I've been talking okay, for like Okay, I've got no watch on, oh, so we're in trouble, basically. <laughs> so Welcome to our first two-hour-long podcast. Yeah, just to clarify, <laughs> you're planning to... Uh, Basically, when you say an overview of the Old Testament, yeah, you're going to take go us through. through the Old yeah. Testament. I think that's that's Fantastic. the way to do it. I'm going to try and link them all back in. Um, so let's start with the Torah. So the first uh, five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Um, this is going to be quite difficult, as I was saying to James beforehand, to make this into a dialogue. Um, I'm worried it's going to be just a lot of me talking. So James, at any point, feel free to just be like... I've got a comment. Yeah, I will just interrupt you whenever I feel like it. Excellent. Actually, maybe I'll start off by asking you about Genesis, because I'm pretty sure you know this. Um, but often we split Genesis itself into like two parts. Can you tell me what those parts are? Well, it's... Uh, it's. Um... Oh, brilliant. Dan's got a little clock up for us. That's fantastic. Great. Thank you, Dan. Uh, so the first 11 chapters, I think, are traditionally understood to be, I guess we call them prehistory. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all those stories from uh, you know the creation and Noah and the tower up to the Tower of Babel, mm -hmm. and then from twelve onwards to the end is, um, I guess, the patriarchs. It's mm -hmm. Abraham or a Abraham as he as he was originally called, up to um, Joseph. So they kind of uh, feel like, oh, this is more historical. So, mm, yeah. The first eleven chapters, prehistory, and and then the rest. And that's actually that's it's a completely tangent point, but that's just reminding me. I keep using this word histories, and we keep using these word histories, but we should remember that this is their theological histories. So they are all written with, you know, something to say about God. Yes, they're not that's just right. recording There's things an, for the point of it. There's a, an agenda. Yeah, kind of definitely. Thing. It's not just this is what happened. There's commentary about why it happened and what it meant yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So it's just a little side point to keep in mind when we talk about history. But yeah, you're right. So we've got these two parts. And and the first part um, of Genesis, the first 11 chapters, basically talk about, um, well, the consequences of the fall. And, and it's kind of exploring, I guess, God's broken relationship with with mankind, isn't it? Um, yeah, you've got the, the first, um, well, first murder. You've got um, the flood, you've got the Tower of Babel, and yeah, all kind of exploring this idea of that mankind will choose disobedience and choose to go their own way um, rather than listen to God. And then basically, I would say the rest of the rest of the Old Testament is exploring how God fixes that, like how God um, redeems his people. So yeah, Genesis, not going to go into more than that. People are generally quite familiar with Genesis. Um, and then obviously we move into to Exodus, um, which again, I'm sure people are very familiar with. You've got the story of Moses, um, how they the Israelites are slaves, and then Moses um, is spoken to by God of the burning bush. I mean, it's, it's the stuff we cover in kids' church a lot, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's an interesting one, because mm. obviously you, you have been a children's worker. I have. 
And I personally do find it a bit um, weird, I suppose. That oh, no. We, well, no, <laughs> now I just, James's uh, opinion about the kids' work really no, comes out. <laughs> not the kids' work, not the kids' workers, <laughs> but just the tradition, I suppose. It was the same when I was growing up. It's like the Old Testament is seen as this is full of stories for mm. children. Yet, in a lot of ways, it's definitely not for children. Oh, my gosh, it's definitely not. Yeah, I think... I, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, teaching the 10 plagues to kids, really difficult. Yeah, especially because if you look into them, there's, there is, as we said, all kinds of theological statements mm. being made. Yeah, which, definitely. Um, you've got to work. If you want to go that way, that's really hard to do <laughs> with children, talking about the, the Egyptian gods and all kinds of things yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Although, to be fair, that, that they find kind of interesting. Yeah, oh, well, exactly. Um, so you can, yeah, I totally you see just why have we to do them. think about um, how you do it. But I think anyone's, especially the Old Testament... Um, the the histories where there is so much killing and Joshua, yeah, a, again really really difficult because it is God saying actually this killing is okay like you know that this is what I want and that is very difficult to I yeah. think explain well to children. Um, to be honest, it's very difficult to explain yeah. well to adults. Yeah, that's um, right. And I think uh, you know I've heard various discussions on that point over mm. the years about yeah. what's going on there and, and so on. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, it is difficult. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe something to come back to it. Another, another time, yeah, continue. We're, we're gonna, yeah, otherwise we'll be here forever. We're, we're going to get stuck. Um, so at the end of Exodus, you have um, the Israelite nation at Mount Sinai and, and Moses starts to give them um, yeah, the law. And that brings us to Leviticus, which is... Um, as James has already mentioned, quite a dry book. It's uh, basically the the acts of how to how to worship God. And actually, we can quite helpfully split it into two parts. So the first part is about worshiping God, and the second part is about living in relationship with God. Um, how the people can live with God dwelling in their midst. And so you get all these the law. Basically, you get all these rules about. Um, how to worship God, when to give the sacrifices, um, how the priests are to act, you know, how the people are to, to act. You've got the stuff about the food and cleanliness and that's, that's all that. Um, and then you've got after that numbers, um, which I think is really interesting because we call it numbers, which is a reference to the two, there are two big census, sensei, censuses. Yeah. Censuses. So I would, yeah. Yeah, let's go with that. Um that happen in the book, but actually the majority of it is is narrative. It is the people wandering around in the wilderness. Um because this is when we get the story of again that we do in kids church of um they see the promised land and 12 spies are sent out. Um but they see the the giants of the land and they come back afraid and the the consensus is oh we're not going to we're not going to go into the land even though God has said you can have it. And so as a result, they are um, God's judgment is to is to for them to wander the desert for forty years, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, Numbers is about them wandering around the desert. And and to reflect this, I think in the Hebrew Bible, I think it's referred to as. Let me just check. Yeah, it's it's called the wilderness, I think, or in the wilderness, um, which I think much reflects reflects it much more than um, Numbers. Yeah, I quite like Numbers. To be fair, I think it's quite fun. Yes. The book, not the not the. There, I remember reading. I think Eugene Peterson's introduction to the book in the message, mm. where he says it kind of legitimizes 
administration. Oh my gosh, yes. There's so <clears throat> much administration. Yeah, and kind of saying there's a place for it in God's yeah. kingdom. And it as and and so on. Yeah. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, because I'm getting no, excited just, about administration. Kind of, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. It, well, I because I've read what? it. I read it recently, and it was actually a bit of an eye opener in the sense that as um, like people who work for a church, often we do get bogged down in like the details and the administration, and like you know how how are the chairs set up? How are you know? Yeah. You know the practical stuff, and I've always been like, oh, it doesn't matter. God doesn't care about that. And then you read numbers, and you're like. Oh, actually, maybe. I mean, I'm not saying God does specifically yeah, care about the yeah, chairs. Yeah, exactly. But, but maybe these things do matter yeah. in, on some level or some aspects mm. of them. Yeah. So yeah, um, and then that that brings us right to the end. So um, of the Torah, which is Deuteronomy, which is kind of Moses's Moses's yeah farewell um, address to the people, um, and again he goes over the law um, and how to live in, in a way that pleases God, and it is it's a really really key key book because. It's, it is has been argued to be like the theological core of the Old Testament. Mm. So the theology that we see in the other books is often based on what is written in Deuteronomy. It is really held up to be like the law, the word of God, um, and therefore is really, really important. And I, I guess this comes back to the question of why should we know? Why should we have an overview, view, view? <laughs> an overview of the Old Testament? Well, actually, because it's helpful to know that Deuteronomy has that role and that other texts are drawing on it because they're also interconnected. Um, so, yeah, any any questions about the Torah? No, no, not, no. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> no, no, we're all good. Okay, cool. Just, yeah. Let's uh, move on quickly to the rest of the history. So you've got Joshua which is the Israelites going into the promised land and conquering. There is quite a lot of killing, um, a lot of slaughter in this book. It's not necessarily the easiest one to read, but um, still worth reading. Very good. Good stuff in Joshua. Okay. You heard it here first. Joshua is worth reading, says Nicole Gordon. Yeah. Should be on the Bible, like, you know, the little review clips. Yeah, five stars. Um, And then you've got Judges, which tells of the period um, where the Israelites... Um, yeah, we're ruled by judges. Um, and just to clarify, these judges are like tribal leaders, um, often quite good warriors when they're not necessarily the the judges we think of, you know, in a court. Um, yeah. And sorry, yeah, yeah what I you was just going to say, so more like sort of leaders for a special occasion kind and of thing. Le- that, that should be its name, Leaders for <laughs> Leaders a Special for a Occasion. Special occasion. Yeah. That makes it sound like you'd find it on the shelf in a greetings does, card shop. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and, and I think the thing that Judges really points to is that actually, again, the people do kind of need a leader, that actually you've got, yeah, people doing what they want a lot of the time, not listening to God's law, and the judges were needed to, yeah, to kind of pull people back to God, but it, it doesn't seem to be enough. Um, and then, and then, because then you move to this um, this story of Ruth, which is is a really tiny little story. It's yeah, amazing, absolutely amazing. So again, mm. it's positioned here because of chronology. Yeah, because what is happening in Ruth is set in the time of Judges, because the the idea of Ruth is it's written. Um, too legitimate like it's an apologetic work kind of arguing about the legitimacy of david's line okay um but also i guess showing how in need of a leader the people were 
Mm. Um, really interesting. Well, it's interesting for me because I'm obsessed with food in the Bible. Um, but it starts off in a in a famine, um, which is a sign of in the Old Testament God's displeasure because people have turned away from God. Um, and so it starts off in this um, picture, which which culturally they would have understood to be, you know, God's displeasure, people doing what they want. Um, and it, yeah, it's a story. It's obviously it's a redemptive story about um, Boaz and Ruth and how he redeems her, and and it, you know, it massively points to Christ. I think. Um, oh yeah, I've, I've, you haven't even mentioned Jesus once. And <laughs> as I was saying to James beforehand, I was listening to the. Um, is, is just, we've already recorded the, the overview of the New Testament and um, I was listening to it and Oz has mentioned that I apparently will, will talk about Christ in, in, my, um, in my podcast and so now I have to talk about Jesus. So let's well, get him in there. Yeah, you mentioned, mentioned him there. I yeah. mentioned him mm. earlier. I said that the Old Testament was the Bible that Jesus knew, so we <laughs> should know it too. Exactly. So should we tick that box? Yeah, we've, we've, we talked about Christ. Um, I'm sure we'll find reason to mention him. I think that is the thing is that there is so much in the Old Testament that points to Jesus and um, Jesus is is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Um, and so we get little glimpses here and there. And Ruth is, is, is a book where you can just see God and Christ and Jesus and that redemptive love that he has for us, I would say. In every page, I'm going to be very poetic about it. Um, but it is a really beautiful book and... Again, very worth reading. I feel like I'm just going to say this about <laughs> yeah. every single book. Yeah, we'll just take that as a given that you think the Old Testament is worth just, reading. Just read it all. Yeah. Read it all, everybody. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Okay. And then we go into 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. So that's the um, emergence of Israel as kind of a unified nation um, and the emergence of this, this kingship because the people want a king. And so God gives them a king. He gives them the king of Saul, who starts off great and then gets a bit meh. And so God gives them another king, David. Um, and so Samuel looks at, yeah, Saul's reign, David's reign. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. I think it's interesting it's called Samuel um, because Samuel dies like mm. towards the end of the first book. Yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, it looks at Samuel the prophet who is very much the spiritual advisor to the first two kings. Is Samuel, would you say Samuel was a judge, filled that role? Oh, I don't know. I would say he was a prophet, but I'm I've I sense maybe that you've no, got some I theological was just curious. opinion about that. I just occurred to me. I wonder if I don't think he would be cast as, as a, a judge. judge. I don't know. Something to go away and ponder. Yes, yeah, that's right. You, you're at home, you know. Oh, Daniel's Daniel's Dunn's giving us a nod. He yeah. reckons he'd be a judge. Interesting. Cool. Great. I've learned something new. Wonderful. Yeah. Um and then we get to the bits that I think are absolutely fascinating, which is one and two kings and one and two chronicles, um, which basically just tell the decline of of the kingship of Israel. Um, so one and two kings um, tells basically of Solomon's reign right to the end um, of where the the land of Judah is sent into exile, and. Basically, I mean, the history here is is quite complex, but to simplify it, after Solomon's reign, the kingdom splits in, into two, doesn't it? So you've got the big northern kingdom of Israel, which is 10 tribes, and the smaller southern kingdom of Judah, which is, is only two tribes. And um, But very crucially, they have Jerusalem, like Jerusalem and the temple is in Judah. And... So one and two kings and one and two chronicles kind of explores the um, 
Yeah, the way that the kings turn against God. So, yeah. yeah, James is nodding a lot, which is exciting. Which, he looks yeah. like he's got something to say. Well, I was just going to say, so kings and chronicles mm. are kind of telling the same story. They're both covering the same They're material. covering the same period, yeah. yeah. same period, yeah. So one and two kings was probably written much earlier. Um, so what, one and two chronicles, as you've already mentioned, come right at the end of the Hebrew Bible. And this is because it was actually written after the exile. Okay. Just going to double check that that's right. Yeah, 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 after the exile. Um, by an author who has access to 1 and 2 Kings and um, lots of other writings um, and, and probably accounts that we don't have anymore. Yeah. Um, and Chronicles is much more concerned with Judah. So it centers on, on Judah, on the smaller kingdom who um, remain slightly more faithful to God. Yeah. Um, and, and they... Or we'll get onto this, I guess, but they outlast they the northern do. kingdom they as well. They do outlast don't they? the northern kingdom. Um, and you can kind of understand that if it's written after the exile, um, it's written by most likely someone from Judah. And so they are very concerned about, yeah, I guess, looking at, at the history of Judah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's overlap in both mm. Kings and Chronicles. Um, but yeah, so it, it's. Um, yeah, they, they tell the story of this divided nation into two, into two nations. Um, yeah, the Northern Kingdom um, is worse. I don't know if I can use that word, but they, they turn away from God more quickly. They do lots of evil things and um, basically are um, attacked by the Assyrians. Do you know what? I don't even sure if I've written the date down. I love dates and I, have, I don't think I've written the date. The Assyrian conquest. The Assyrian conquest. Any ideas? Nah, no idea. I'm feeling like 700, 700. yeah, 8th century BC. Do you know what? I actually have a timeline in my Bible. Like, I think I'm, I'm getting confused. I think I want to say 736, but it might actually be that because 536 is the fall of 709. Judah. Right, so I was 709. Wrong. Well done, D Daniel was was right. Yeah, 709. Yeah. So they last for quite a few years. So the idea is that um, so Solomon, um, his reign comes to an end in 930. So they, they last for like 200 years. So 200 years of... Could of I just ask things. how sure we are about the dates? Just out of interest. Very like certain. We are yeah, certain 100%. About those dates. These are spot on. You're being facetious, <laughs> I, I am suspect. being facetious. Just because obviously... You, recording dates from sort of 3,000, yeah. 3 millennia ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it might not it be an exact of, science. Yeah, There'll exactly. be some debate. It's a bit some... of guesswork. I but, think when it comes to the exiles, there are better records. So I think in terms of the exile, um, both the Assyrian exile of the Northern Kingdom and the, the exile of the Southern Kingdom to Babylon, we can be more certain about the dates. Um, I think the end of Solomon's reign is, is probably a bit more... Yeah, yeah. We, but it's going to—it was a ballpark them. figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not going to be too far off. Yeah, and actually, with with these dates, unlike some of the dates, um, some of the dating of the Old Testament, the when we get to the kings, it, they are easier to date. So you, you can be slightly more certain um, about about the dating, but obviously take everything with a pinch of salt. Like you know, it is hard to absolutely date these things. So yes, yeah, so you've got the the evil Northern Kingdom. Um, and then you've got the Southern Kingdom and there's a few good, there are a few good kings in there. Um, and what is really helpful about one and two kings is that they tell you 
who are the good kings and who are the bad kings. Like they don't leave you to work it out. They say this king did um, evil in the sight of God, or like this this king did good in the sight of God. Um, and so yeah, the the southern kingdom last a lot longer, and they they last all the way um, into the six hundreds. I think it's six something or other. No, it's not. It's it's yeah, five five eighty six. The temple is destroyed. I should know 50, that. You are fifty years out. Ah, oh, were you? I said five three six. Ah. Also, what really is, really confuses me with BC is that all the numbers go the wrong way, and it, I yeah, I don't know why, but I can't get backwards. my head around it's it. It's a bit tricky. So, yeah. like, the higher numbers are further away in history. Yeah. The lower numbers <laughs> exactly. are nearer to it's us. It's very difficult. Yeah. Very confused. I can see how that would confuse you, Nicole. Yeah, it's hard. It is really hard. Um, but just to give you, so I, I just think the end of this, I've probably spent way too long talking about the history, um, but I blooming love it. Um, just to give you some idea of the end of this, um, throughout the whole of the, the Southern Kingdom's history, they are kind of, they're, they're small. Like we, we think about the Israelites and we think, oh yeah, they were, you know, important but actually they were a really really tiny little nation and they are yeah battling um against the assyrians the egyptians the babylonians like there's the big superpowers that um that rise up and and poor little judah is kind of swept away in all of them and this i think as much as it sounds a bit dry to be like oh yeah the political you know map of the world at that time and it, it is really important because actually a lot of a lot of the prophets talk about their relationships with these nations because what um, what Israel and Judah both did was was turn away from God and tr- take their trust away from God and put it in these these superpowers, um, and yeah, it didn't go very well from them. Um, so just to give you a really really brief tiny little history of this, the end of the Southern Kingdom. So you've got um, Josiah. King Josiah, who finds um, some scrolls in the um, as they renovate the the temple, and these scrolls are thought to be Deuteronomy. They're the he rediscovers the the law of Moses and um, starts to turn people back to God. Um, this is right at the end of the the history of the Southern Kingdom, and things seem to be going really really well. But then you've got this battle against Egypt. Um, so Josiah then. Um, goes and attacks Egypt, um, not the whole of Egypt, just a little, little bit of the army, um, but is thoroughly defeated and Josiah is killed. Um, and this is really bad because then the the pharaoh um, takes control of Judah, um, but he doesn't completely conquer them as such. He sets up another king in their said He puts like a puppet king on the throne um, whose name is, I believe, Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim. They're all got very similar names. It's very Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, I think is Jehoiakim. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult. Um, but we've got this puppet king. And um, basically, um, he is a vassal to the Egyptians. But then what happens is this big um, new superpower, the Babylonians, come along and defeat the Egyptians. And so the the puppet king then becomes a vassal to the Babylonians, but he doesn't particularly like this. And so um, he rebels against Babylon, which leads to this Mm. first invasion. Um, So this is Nebuchadnezzar, who is, I think, a name that most people have have heard of. So 
Nebuchadnezzar, Bab- Babylonian ruler, ruler, comes in and he um, invades Jerusalem. He, well, he doesn't invade Jerusalem. He invades Judah. He um, gets rid of this puppet king, says, nope, don't want you. And he takes loads of people into exile. And so you got the first wave of exiles to Babylon. And then he puts, Nebuchadnezzar puts another king on the throne who equally doesn't particularly like the Babylonians. And so he turns to Egypt and says, can you help us? Um, And it doesn't go very well. And this leads to another invasion by Babylon. Um, And this is when, um, the in 586, when the temple and the city is completely destroyed. Um, And this is a really, really key point um, for a lot of the prophets and a lot of the other um, things that we read in the Old Testament. You still with me? I'm with you, yeah. Right. Okay. So then you've got um, Ezra, Nehemiah, and this is the story of them coming back. Um, They've been in exile for for years and years and years, and this is the story of them coming back to Jerusalem um, because another great superpower comes up. Persia comes along. They wipe off the the Babylonians, and the Persian kings say, actually, you guys can go back. Um, And so they start to go back. They rebuild the temple. They rebuild the walls, and they try and live. yeah, in a way, pleasing mm. to God. Um, don't do particularly well, um, necessarily, but that, again, is why we then see the need for Jesus coming through this struggling people. Um, yeah, trying to rebuild their city. Right, I think that's enough. So that's, that's the history. That's kind of... And Esther, but yeah. Yeah, oh, Esther. Oh, well. We could talk for Esther about ages, but it's set... We could talk for Esther about ages. <laughs> I'm doing so well today you with my words. You were doing so well up mm. to then. Yeah. 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 So, Est- yeah. Esther's a great story set uh, just after some of the Jews have gone back and it's kind of, it stands, it stands alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to chat about it too much. No. But unless you, you know. No, I feel like this is just an overview. So yeah. I think keeping it broad is fine. I, you know, maybe again, we there'll be a point where we say, hey, maybe we should revisit some of the specific yeah, Stories. I think I think at some point we might look at the different genres, which would be quite fun. Yeah, well, for me but, anyway. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else is going to. Well, I'm be sure there'll interested. be you know one or two people listening who might not you know might you give off. that one that's a miss. Okay. That's okay. No, no hard feelings. No, that's all right. <laughs> so that is the history of the Israel Israelite nation um, in a half an hour, and the rest of the books kind of all tie into this. Mm. Um, the books of the Bible. So the wisdom literature is kind of written at various different points. Um, you've got Job, which is written um, most likely in the um, the patriarchy. So like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob's time. It's a beautiful poem about um, God and suffering, kind of asking how I should respond to suffering. Um, you've got the Psalms, which are a big collection of poems, poetry. And these were kind of written over a really long, long period of time, but put together after the um, exile. So, yeah, mm. compiled into the format that they're in. And they sort of take you through the worship as you would have found in the temple. Um, and so it's really interesting. This is when the history, the context becomes really yes. important. Yeah. Because you realise, well, this is what the Israelites have lost. They've lost the temple. They've lost their place to worship God. And actually the Psalms are a way of them being able to do some of this without... Um, physically having it. Yeah, there are there are a good number of psalms as well, which were written in specific contexts, like the ones yeah. you've mentioned. Like, mm. 
that your Bibles will often have a note about who wrote the psalm yes. and why they wrote it, and it refers to some of these historical mm. events, it does, such yeah. as the the exile or uh, events from David's reign mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Mm. So again, um, it gives you the context. You know, if you know what happened in these things, then you can understand some of the motivation behind what the psalms are saying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the, the whole of the first two sections. So, Psalms is split into five uh, sections, um, and the f- the first two sections are telling about David. Basically, they're the David Psalms, David's um, the story of his relationship with his family, with the advisors, um, and then I think the third one is is often um, yeah. Section three also talks about the the fall of David's line. So you've got the Psalms of Solomon, I think, in there, if I can remember right. Um, and so yeah, it's really helpful yeah. to sort of know to be able to put this in context. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Um, and then you've got um, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. I'm going to link them together. James, do you know anything about Proverbs and Ecclesiastes? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Do you want to share your knowledge or are you just going to... Okay, well, <laughs> so Proverbs so Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are part of what you meant called the wisdom literature. Mm. And in a sense, those two are the most blatant... Mm. blatantly about wisdom you know written this Mm. is these are the philosophical musings of uh in proverbs it's various kings sort of compiled i think it's often attributed to solomon Mm. but um i wonder if solomon just compiled these sayings because Mm. they're attributed to various kings and then ecclesiastes is also attributed to solomon but it's really just it's a, a figure called the teacher, I think. Yes. Who is referred to, and I think everyone assumes it's Solomon, but it doesn't mention Solomon mm. by name. Yeah. Right. And uh, so Proverbs is a collection of, of Proverbs and the value of wisdom and some, you know, common sense. Uh, you know, this is <laughs> what you need to know about how to, to be a, live a life that pleases God in mm-hmm. practical terms or how to be a good ruler or whatever. And then Ecclesiastes is more like a personal sort of, feels like a journal entry one mm. of my journal entries when i was a teenager you know life is meaningless what's, what's going on what's the point yeah, yeah. i love ecclesiastes so, yeah. it's, it's the one i it's definitely one of the books of the bible i resonate most with like i yeah life is meaningless what's the point but at the end of the day we've got to trust in god and keep to his um commands because only he knows um yeah absolutely love it great great <laughs> Um, and then there's the Song of Solomon, which, to be honest, we don't talk about that much in no. church. Um, which is, I guess, yeah, it's a romance, isn't it? Uh, it's a poem, um, yeah, a poem of love between two people, and it's been interpreted in various different ways um, as just yeah, a romance poem. Um, but as we like to, we like to look for Jesus in the in the Old Testament. Um, you can definitely see how it can also be a picture of of God's covenantal relationship with us of of yeah the way that God loves us and redeems us and um yeah it's a lovely poem mm. it's great go read that one too again it's interesting that you know it's like we've got our our religious literature mm. let's put a a, a a romantic poem borders on erotic poetry oh, at yeah. some some points let's put that in there as part of our religious mm. literature it kind of it's not what people mm. expect and perhaps that's why there have been a lot of efforts to kind of spiritualise yeah, it over so. the years. But yeah, I think 
it's celebration of of love really mm, yeah definitely um yeah and then that's the end of the the wisdom literature as, as we would necessarily see it um which brings us on to the prophets now I mean, I'm not necessarily going to go through every single prophet because there's loads of them and we don't have the time. Um, but you've got the five, the five major prophetic books. That was Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel and Daniel. Um, and then you've got the 12 minor prophets. Um, and what is very interesting is that the 12 minor prophets in the Hebrew Bible is all one book. Um, so they have been, they have been put together as, as a book, um, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've we've been looking at Isaiah as our sermon series as as we record this. So I feel like the church probably know quite a lot about Isaiah. Um, but Jeremiah, I think, is a really interesting mm. prophet because he's he's very much talking in those those last um, those last years of the Southern Kingdom of Judah. So that history that I spoke of, with starting with Josiah and those battles, that's when Jeremiah's talking, and he is giving sermons to these the kings that are put on the throne saying don't don't attack the egyptians like don't you know rebel um and he's ignored completely um and and put into prison i believe for being a being a mm. traitor um and so actually if we're reading jeremiah um and lamentations is is put next to jeremiah because it's attributed to him it's a it's thought to have been written by him when we're reading those two books, it's really helpful to know the historical context, mm. to know when he's speaking. And because Jeremiah is such a raw, like, he's, yeah. you can really see he's like there. I mean, yeah, assuming that this was actually written by the author that it's supposed to have been written by, and you know, all of the historical stuff, like, it really does depict, yeah, God trying to speak to his people um, in those times. Yeah. Well, I feel like Jeremiah had a scribe, didn't he? He's mentioned in the book. Yeah. Is it Barak? Yeah, or... that's yeah. right. Yeah. So Jeremiah may not have written it. Oh, I see what you good, mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Maybe yes, Barak's it's unlike... yes. writing, but yeah. Yeah, it's unlikely that Jeremiah actually wrote yes, the words. But... Whether he said what yeah, he said oh, yeah, is yeah. maybe a better way for me yes. to say it. You're trying to trip me up there, James. No, no, I was just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Going, yeah. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> No, it's a good point. It's a good point. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. And obviously Lamentations talks about the fall of Jerusalem. It is, it's a poem or five poems put together. Um, yeah. Written about the fall um, of Jerusalem. Um, yeah. Then you've got Ezekiel. I love a bit of Ezekiel. Um, it's a bit, bit crazy. Yeah. Ezekiel bit. does some weird things. He does. Like some poo buries his Great. underwear by the banks of a river and things like that because God <laughs> yeah. tell, tells yeah. him to. Yeah, he yeah. Bakes, bakes bread over, yeah. is it cow manure, I think? Yeah. Um, lies on his side for a year, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, very interesting book to read. Um, and he's, he's another interesting one because he's taken as one of the first Babylonian exiles, so that first wave. Um, and that's where he sees God and uh, God appears to him, this vision. And, and he foretells the destruction of the temple and God leaving the temple. Um, and I mean, there's, uh, there's so much, I think, judgment and destruction in these prophets, these, these prophetic works. And it's quite easy to be quite overwhelmed by it. But actually, there, there's really stories of hope and God's faithfulness as well. I mean, um, obviously, Isaiah, there's, there's huge passages of, of 
hope and the new heavens and the new earth and how God will restore things. And, and Ezekiel, actually, God leaves the temple and that is terrible and like absolutely awful to the for the Israelites. But he is with the exiles. Like the vision of God is is... Uh, that Ezekiel receives is with the exiles, and there's this kind of idea that okay, God has left the temple, and that is that is really sad and and really bad. But um, no it rhymes. Um, but, but it's not mad. Um, <laughs> but, but that actually God is going with them, and actually there is this future hope that God will return. So these prophetic books are yeah quite difficult to read, but also in their context again very yeah very hopeful. You can see um, there is. Yeah, yeah, hope in there. And then I guess Daniel as well is is the other one to talk about. He um yeah, he's he's with the, he's with the prophets. His kind of book is split into two. So the first part is sort of more history and then the second part is these crazy visions. Um and so Daniel was an exile who was taken in um one of the waves, I can't remember. Um but he yeah, he goes and he serves the kings of Babylon. And he's he serves the whole way through into the Persian rule when the Persians um, overtake them, um, and he is very much the archetype of of how to behave in exile, how to stay serving God, um, but also, you know, serve the, I guess, the people that God has put over you. Mm. Um, and then you've got the cool visions that kind of, uh, yeah, foresee like the fall of the Persian Empire. There's a whole load of Greek history that is really interesting to know at this point, and. Um, yeah, kind of foretells a bit of the the Maccabean revolt, which I'm not going to go into a lot. But if yeah, it's what again one of those books that you you could really do with like having the Bible open and then a history book next to you um, to get the most out of it. Yeah. So I, I think I mean I love history, but I think what I'm hopefully showing is that history is so important when we read the Old Testament. It's so important. Um, yeah, and then just to finish, I guess the twelve they they as I said they were written as or not written as one, but they are compiled as one book. And their prophets are speaking to different points of this timeline. So some are pre-exile, some are um, as the Jewish nation go back to Jerusalem post-exile. And it kind of, yeah, just spans mm. that. And they're roughly, roughly chronological. Again, we love the chronology. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that is kind of a very long-winded version, overview of the Old Testament um, telling the story of God's people, turning away from him, rebelling, basically rebelling over and over again and God being faithful and sticking with them. And then, of course, it all points to Jesus because it highlights our need for a saviour mm. um, because we can't do it. Well, there's also throughout the Old Testament, there's the one of the hopes, the expectation mm, yeah. is Didn't mention that. for the Messiah. Yeah, that's sort of messianic key, figure. Slight, yeah. Slightly key point. Yeah, definitely. And uh, And yeah, that's... Mm. obviously Christians believe that's fulfilled mm, in, in Jesus. Yeah. And that comes out in, in the wisdom literature, in the prophets. It's, it's quite a key theme in the psalm, a key mm. theme in the prophets. Yeah. Um, yeah. So any, any questions on the Old Testament, no, James? No, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I I've learned it. things, I'm sure, because there's so much and there's so much we don't know and so much so we much. don't mm. uh, sort of, is not really necessarily a part of, what we do in church mm. um that i'm sure our listeners would have heard things that they've not realized before or, or even... fall, fallen asleep halfway through and um... hopefully not <laughs> but 
Wake up, just in case. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with us. We're done. We are done. That so, was, oh, yeah. I love the Old Testament. Thoroughly, thoroughly would recommend. I'm, yeah, sorry. And, and would recommend just pick, taking a day and like just reading through a book. Like, I mean, the Bible in the Year stuff is great, but they break up some of this and you lose some of the narrative flow. Yeah. I'm I'm all for going and working through a specific book. And there are there's a lot of material out there on on the internet. Ooh, yes. To to help you. There is an excellent book called mm. I believe A Theological Understanding of the Old Testament by its guy whose surname is Van Pelt, I believe. Oh, Van Pelt, yeah. Very, well, I think he can like edits it, but yeah. I highly recommend that book. Very very good if you want a yeah. comprehensive overview. Brilliant. And it's worth doing because so worth doing. Um, it does provide context. It's so rich, and there's a lot in there that shaped the early church. So mm. it is beneficial to us, I think. Agreed. Even though it seems like ancient history and it a, is a different, ancient history. Different, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right then. Well, thanks very much, Thank Nicole. You, James. And. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Making it this far. This I don't know if this is our longest ever one. That's all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. What else are people going to do with their time? That's true. But thank you again if you've given us your time to listen to this, and we pray that it will be of benefit to you. And as you go about your day, remember that God's been at work for a very long time. So he's going to be at work with you in your life today. Thank you.